Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Good evening, boys and girls. Welcome back to another podcast of the Auto Know Better crew with me, Stats. I am your guest host for this evening, making your debut on the show. And we've got three smashing guests. We've got so much to get through. We're going to talk Tottenham, we're going to talk predictions, we're going to talk Brighton. We've got a special competition. Uh, and a speed as we, we are celebrating anniversary's death uh, this coming Saturday. So joining me is Stats and Run BT. Lovely. Thank you, Smarty, and thank you for having me as, as tonight's special host. A little bit nervous, but here we go. Uh, joining me You're tonight, a natural, pal. Natural, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Jay. We'll come to you shortly. Joining me this evening, we'll go left to right. Good evening, Smarty. Good evening. How are you? Very well. How are you? Not bad, mate. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Carl. How are we doing? I'm all right, Stats. How are you getting on, buddy? You all right? Well, thank you. And good evening to the bearded wonder. Good evening, Jay. Hello, buddy. How are you doing? <laughs> Very well. It seems like only a couple of days ago we're doing B and C, but here we are again. It on does. The, it uh, does. Uh, the latest podcast. We, we, we've got a lot to plow on with, and we'll start just by looking back. Uh, I think we kind of describe the Tottenham game as, as a game of two halves. Excellent in the first half, Jay, and then I think the second half, Tottenham obviously came out with uh, with what can only be described as a absolute rocket from Antonio Conte, and probably deservedly went away with the points on on Sunday, Smarty. He's left us. I'm not. Who? Me? I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing a tweet. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk like... Not really, not really paying attention. Um, yeah, Tottenham. Fantastic first half. But mm-hmm. like I've said to you guys in the uh, in, in a little meeting beforehand, I had to take the uh, my wonderful better half out for a meal. Um, so I missed the second half. And I'm kind of glad I did because I'd, I'd have been uh, a little bit upset if I'd have seen that first half. And then obviously... That second half, you know, what the fuck happened? I hadn't even seen the highlights of it, so you guys are going to have to be, uh, um, just going to have to fill me in as best you can. But what a, what a first half. It was great to see some good fo- um, some good football. Yeah, We seem to be back to his best with regards to football. We were winning everything, all the second balls. We were bullying them around the pitch, struggling in the third, uh, final third. But, you know, it's good to see that they're coming back. Gellar, I think, I thought he did fantastic, you know, to say that we're, we're missing so many key players as well. It's coming, lads. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling too pessimistic about it. I mean, I'm. I'm. I, although we're in seventeenth, and you know, everyone's like, "Oh, fucking no, we need to make some signings in January." And this and the other, but I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not panicking. I'm not worried. I don't know how you guys are feeling about it. I'm, I'm generally how, how, all right. Like, huh? How, how do you sort of feel about where we are on the league table at the moment? I know we've had 12 games gone so far. There's, what, 26 games, 78 points to play for. What's your sort of thoughts on the season so far? 
uh, at, at, like like Smarty said there, uh, the football in the first half was absolutely brilliant. Like it was reminiscent of what we were used to last season and a couple of seasons before, you know. But again, like I were, I read somewhere, I think we're only four points worse off now at the same stage as we were last season. Like if we won on on Sunday, we'd have been straight. We'd have been up to fourteenth, you know. So, like, I, I understand people are freaking out a bit and whatnot, but look, we saw a video today that back on the training pitch and so is cock. Like, so, you know, we're getting these players back. Foshaw's back in. I know people, you know, don't think he's the, the saviour or anything like, but he's he's been solid since he came back to say he hasn't played in nearly two years. Like, um, I think there was a lot of positives in the first half to take away without having to even consider the second half, really. Like, in, in the first half, there was a lot more there where... Bielsa can kind of look at that and go, right, okay, we've got the first half sorted. Now we just need to work on the second, which, you know, a lot of teams, it, it happens. Like, you know, and, and Tottenham were only the second team to outrun us uh, in, in a game as well uh, in the last two years or something. So, you know, it's 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 clicking, like, it's coming. Yeah, you know, we, we dissected it quite a lot on, on Bacardi and Coke on, on Sunday afternoon, but... Just look trying to at the positives. Jack Harrison, Dan James took his goal brilliantly well. Calvin Phillips in the first half was magnificent. So, as, as smart as Cannon rightly says, there are positives and, and plenty to look forward to for this side. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, I'm as I said on on Brady and Kirk, I'm, I'm gutted that we threw away a game that we're there for the taking at one point, and yeah. it sucks that we don't seem to have any game management there. And it's you know it's slightly worrying, is that? But on the other hand, there have been positive signs, as you say. Harrison looked a lot better than he has done recently. Uh, James got a goal, which hopefully will be the start of a few now for him, because he's been close a number of times. So hopefully that'll get him going. And yeah, I mean, we've got players to come back and a lot to look forward to in that regard. Uh, the only sort of concern I would sort of pull up is, Carl, where you said, oh, we're only four points worse off than this time last season. What if three months down the line we're eight points off where we were last season at that point, that we're in trouble then. So, although it's not a massive difference right now, it's got to be addressed. It can't carry on on oh, that kind of, of deficit. Of course, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm not concerned. But at the same time, we've got a very, very difficult December. So, you know, we'll we'll get into that kind of chat later on. Like, But um, going back to the Tottenham game, it, I don't know, I... I I don't know, it was just a difficult game in the second half and, and I feel with the substitutions, they weren't what we needed, but at the same time, it was all we had. So, mm. can't knock the young ones, uh, the young fella coming on, was it, McKinstry? Like, so, and, and Gelhardt was an absolute animal, man. That lad will yeah, just plow at anyone with a football. He just wants to run at people with a football because he scares yeah. the life out of them. <clears throat> and fans and, love to see that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he should, every, ta- every chance he got, he was on the front foot bombing forward like you know and he yeah. made a bug out of two of them with that little back heel as well which was <laughs> yeah. seriously tasty like I wish he'd got brilliant. a goal I'd love to yeah. see him back one yeah I, I think there's one coming for him it's it's not going to be far off I'd say yeah I think you're right yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I do want to come to a smarty you've looked at our fixtures obviously in December we've got that horrible run with what Chelsea away City away Arsenal at home, Liverpool away uh, Villa at home prior to that we've got three massive games Obviously, starting this weekend, we'll talk about the Brighton game a little bit later. Brighton away, Palace home, Brentford at home. How big are those three games in context of our season? I don't like to say the must win, but mm. it's a game where we need to kind of showcase what we're about this season and look to, you know... Pre- we need, we need to start gaining some points now. You know, we've had this, uh, oh, we're injured, we're going through this, we're going through that. Yeah, I know that. It's kind of the, you know, the, the preliminary honeymoon period of the season. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty business end. This sort of uh, stage of the season, the game's going to come thick and fast. We haven't got time to be dicking around. I mean, I know we're absolutely riddled with injuries and stuff, but promising stuff from LUTV today with um, Bamford and Cock training together, which is, which is great. Um, it, it's one of them. I mean, I've, I've thought about it a lot. Um, what when you see is losing out, you know, to, to teams like Tottenham. Tottenham are a great team, aren't they? Really, or they have been, in, you know, in, pre, in previous seasons and stuff like that. You know, not sure ch- about that. challenging for Champions League. Well, well they are. I mean, you, you look at the quality they've got throughout their squad. 
you know, their, their second team's probably, you know, I don't want to say equal to our team because I think we've got a great set of lads, but the, the quality that they've got individually throughout that team is just is just ridiculous. And then, you know, we've got a few injuries and we're having to rely on them as under-23s. I mean, there is no squad depth. People go on about squad depth. What fucking squad depth? There isn't any. No, um, no. You know, so, so but... I just think I just think we really do need to knuckle down. Though hopefully we get a couple of players coming back. I was quite happy with how Gallat performed. I don't know how severe uh, Rodrigo's injuries. Um, Rafinha massive miss. I think it'd have been a different kettle of fish should Rafinha uh, have been playing on the weekend. He'd win that game if he was playing. I think you're right. Um, but you know it is what it is. You know I, I've said you know many many times this season. Uh, you can only piss with the dick you've got, and that's. <laughs> You can only play with the lads we've got available to us. So, you know, but, you know, I well, think performances are getting better. Results are going to come, especially, but, you know, Palace, Brentford, we really do need to be getting something out of these ones. One thing I will say um, before you move us on stats is mm-hmm. um, if Rafinha had played, that would have meant one of James or Harrison possibly yeah. not playing, unless you put one in the middle again. So, yeah. as a positive that I'm going to take from it, they both had good games and... Yes one of them wouldn't have had that performance otherwise in a game that we probably expected we wouldn't get much out of beforehand. So I guess that's a, a positive. When that yeah. team, team sheet yeah. came out, I wasn't expecting to get anything at all. I wasn't. I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. Like, but I wasn't expecting us to be as dominant as we were in the first half. I thought if we play like that in the, the second half, we're absolutely flying. Like Antonio so. Conte definitely wasn't expecting it. No, no, and he, no, I think he must have given them a hell of a blasting at half time. So you kind of oh, saw God, yeah. and hit the post into first minute of the second half and they hit the crossbar and they came out all guns blazing. But I think, from my perspective, they can just put two halves together like they did against Leicester a few weeks back. They'll win games. And I'm not worried yet. Ask me in January when the transfer window opens, which we'll talk to a bit in a bit more depth a bit later. Uh, but. 26 games left to play this season. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you, Carl, how big is the Brighton game for you? Is it a must-win or is it a case of must-not-lose? I, I think it's more must-not-lose. Uh, because it, it's important to pick up a, a, something from games. Because hmm. picking up nothing and playing as well as we did in the first half is going to demoralise a squad. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be probably thinking, like, we're playing really well, we're getting players back, it's just not happening. Picking up a point is a far more positive outcome than picking up nothing at all and, and putting the pressure on the win. So I I think it's a must-not-lose rather than a must-win just now. And we definitely I, don't want to be picking up the soap. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think the Palace game is more winnable than the Brighton game because we're at home um, and we can just mm-hmm. slag them about needing a drum all the time. So that'll be fun. <laughs> does, anyway. does, it, does it worry you, Jay, that Norwich have had the new manager bounce right away? Dean Smith won his first game against Southampton. Villa got the new manager bounce. Uh, Do you know what? It doesn't particularly. Mm. It doesn't really because... I think it is, as you say, it is just new manager bounce. And, yeah. you know, when somebody new comes in, they all want to impress, but they'll soon go back to the normal way of playing and way of training. Do you know what I mean? That, that'll, that, uh, what's the, the novelty? Novelty yeah. will wear off and they'll go back to what they were, I think. I, I don't think it'll be a lasting thing. Smarty, the big anomaly in all this is Newcastle United, who obviously appointed Eddie Howe, so he wasn't there for the Brent game due to COVID. How much do you think that could affect Leeds this season, what they do in the January transfer window, if they do anything at all? I don't want to upset any uh, Newcastle fans, but hopefully they don't, none of them listen to this podcast. Um, sure. Fuck Newcastle. Who wants to go and play <laughs> up there? I mean, the struggle to get anyone... They struggled, they struggled to get a frigging manager, for God's sake. They had to rely on a chuffing second-beat bloody manager from League One, which is what he is, really, isn't it? I mean, he's done, he did well, did how like, but fucking yeah. hell. Who, who's going to want to go there? Oh, I know, we're going to sign someone on absolute megabucks to come and put, you know... I mean, if they didn't have sent Maximin, they'd be absolutely up shit creek without a paddle, wouldn't they, them lot? Well, the he's the only out. shining light that they've got. And I still don't think there's a there's a solid chance that they're going to go down. Still, they're not guaranteed to. I mean, oh, it would be amazing. If if you're a top player, if you're a top player, 
who the fuck is going to want to go and sign for a bottom at team, uh, bottom at league team? Especially when it's middle of nowhere, where they all eat haggis and, and raw sausage and all that sort of shit. <laughs> fuck you know. Wrongans, wrongans they are. Um, but you know, joking aside, they are. You know, you, you just don't know, do you? You really don't know. It looks like there's a couple of teams that have had the bubbles burst. Villa, we'll see how they get on. Um, Brentford and, and a couple of others are starting to kind of find their place within the league and start to come down. Hopefully, it gives us an opportunity. Should we get some good results, we can start you know, climbing. Once we start getting some good um, first-team players back, I think Ailing's a massive miss. Mm. Um you know, enough isn't. Or he's not spoken about enough that lad. How much yeah. and how detrimental he is to our to our squad because he's just so good. Um, as you know, the the lads who are covering him, you know, Shackleton's had a go. Dallas likes to play there and they do a good job. But Ailing on his day, he, he's he's just unreal. Him and Rafinha playing together, doing the overlaps and underlaps and stuff. You know, um, Furpo, he looked apparently he looked bright when he came on. Um, Forshaw and Phillips seem to be doing magical in, in midfield. If you've got Bamford playing up front and Rodrigo coming into it, fucking hell, lads! It, it's a right team, isn't it? We're just, we're just, we're just, you know, it's, it's a slow burner, but we're going to get there. So, that, that, like I say, fuck Newcastle. I've digressed a little tiny bit. I apologise. Well, yeah. I, I can't, I can't see him signing any absolute top quality this year no. or this this January, should I say? They're, yeah, they're it'll, it'll be a bit it. like when City started out and they were signing like Bellamy and stuff like that. Do you mm. know what I mean? It'll be like players who are a bit above where they are, but they ain't going to be superstars coming in. Not yet. Mm. It's, it's funny not you with, what, Not with them not they're knowing where they'll anyway. finish. I know, yeah. They've had all, <laughs> they've had all the crackpots, haven't they? Joey Barton, <laughs> Lee Boyer. <yeah. laughs> I, I think it took City a couple of transfer windows. I remember they did actually buy Rubinho in, in September 2008. Yeah, they did, yeah. Marquee signing. Mark Hughes stayed for a couple of years and obviously they went on to win trophy after trophy after trophy. It, it might take Newcastle season to go down. I don't know. I think it could be a bit of a rat race uh, between now and the middle of May with Newcastle, Norwich, Burnley. Watford, nobody knows. Had a great result against Man United, which obviously ended the tenure of, of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think the one for me, lads, is to watch out for is Brentford. I think they've had a great start and I think the bubble's burst a little bit at the moment and I think that game on, what, the 5th of December could be absolutely massive for our season. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm feeling better about the prospect of playing them than I was mm. a couple of weeks back. I think the surprise element has gone a little bit. I watched them on the first game of the season against mm. Arsenal on the Friday night and I thought they were brilliant, but... Slowly but surely, the, it's kind of cut with them. But uh, they're, they're the three games to come. One thing I did want to touch on is the predictions from uh, from uh, Sunday. Uh, yours truly is somehow up into second in the league table. Uh, <laughs> two spot-ons against Leicester City and Tottenham about I've come to the party. Uh, Smart said, I don't know what you went for uh, for Sunday. I went 2-1 Leeds. Yeah. Um, because I thought that big galoot Kane... Oh, that's certainly what he is when he plays for England. Fucking big, useless, daft bastard up front. Um, and to be honest, he didn't do he didn't do a lot. Right, a lot did it. Calvin had him in his pocket, but yeah, I went two one leads. Cal, I uh, I don't know what I ended up with if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, Gilly could have done with you know. Table, but, uh, Jay, do you know what you, yeah, what you went for? I either went for two one leads or three two leads because. I was confident that we won't keep them out. Um, but I'm pretty certain Jay went for a loss. I think Jay talking checked. <laughs> I've never wow. gone for a Leeds loss, and I never will. <laughs> this positive business is costing me in that league. <laughs> I do have to say that the highlight of the game for me was when Calvin Phillips wiped out Andre Mariner. Terrific tackle <laughs> on the referee. He had uh, it coming. I, yeah, I think Mariner took it in good heart. Because there was an instant years and years ago when Paul Gascoigne uh, picked up a yellow card. Oh, from God, yeah. You might have all seen on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the floor, Gazza holds the yellow card up to the referee and then he books it. So, yeah, yeah I remember uh, at that. least he, he took it in good heart. So, look, Talk plenty about of sour grapes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plenty of positives to build on. However, we go to a ground on Saturday afternoon, Saturday tea time. It's the late game, 5 30 kickoff at the WID team. We've lost the last five at Brighton. We've we've not won in the last seven at Brighton. The last 
two best results were 2-2 and 3-3 on a two Friday nights consecutively in two seasons in 11-12 and season 12-13. I was down there in 2011. We were 2-0 up cruising. Uh, Andy Keogh and, and Ross McCormack scored and by the 80th minute we're 3-2 down. Typical Leeds United week. We get a late equal from Ross McCormack. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, they've not won in eight. It was very similar to when they came to Holland Road back in January and they won. Uh, one nil. Uh, I think it was Mope that got the goal off the top of my head for Brighton. Moon pie. What, what do you think to this one, Smart? So then, moon, moon pie. Yeah, moon pie. pie. Um, it's going to be a tough game. You're right. Um, and again, it just depends what sort of team we've got available for us. Um, they're quite a solid team. Tough to break down. Mm. They they like to as, as cliche, whatever. They, they like to manage the game well. They, they like to contain the play. Um, they're not as open. They're quite happy to sit and defend. It's going to be tough. And if we're not on it, and especially if we haven't got uh, players like Rafinha, Rodrigo available to us, Bamford, I think that's a bit of a shot in the dark. We're gonna we're gonna find it hard. But based on what we've seen, you know, we've never had a, a player playing in the middle of the park like Gellart that'll that'll run at players that'll try and find them. Little, I mean, obviously, you know, Bamford tries to exploit the uh, the spaces and running in behind and all that sort of stuff. But from a player, apart from Rafinha running at players with the ball, trying to take him on and go around them, I think that'll be uh, I think that'll be a good watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing if if, if he plays. Rodrigo might be back. You don't know, but um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to it though. Yeah, it's a shame it's not at home, like, but... Yeah, I think we've got them at home later in the season. We actually lost the last two against Brighton. Uh, they did a double over us last season. The game at the with Dean back in May was just a bit of a non-event, I think, uh, the season had uh, done and dusted. Uh, evening, Brenda Ghost. Hope all is well with you. Uh, I will come to both Jay and Carl a bit later for Brighton, but I think it's poll time, uh, Smarty. And I think we're going to the polls. We certainly are. Um, so, this week's poll... Um, the options were January signings, do we stick or twist? Rodrigo or Geldar up top? December's fixtures, um, FA Cup run, yay or nay? So with 9% of the vote, FA Cup run like fuck. 10%, at least it's Christmas. Um, 15% is a top effort and the winner with 66% of the vote is January shit or bust. So... Yes. Mr. Carl. Mr. Carl, actually, I'm going to come to you. January, shit or bust? Where do we strengthen? Have you got any targets for us, given your connections within the wider range and world of football, all that sort of thing? You know, being, being the Chileno lookalike that you are. Well, yeah. <laughs> you do like, you know. Um, so What's to stab I, me? I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> bag of lime and a shovel in my boot if I ever meet you. But anyway... Um, <laughs> We, we were going to touch on it earlier on. Uh, um, so I think uh, it will depend on how we get on these next three games and how many points we can pick up in December will determine whether we... Evening, Bronson. Oh, up, Charles. Mario. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, think, um, I think a lot depends on, on these three games specifically. And then... I'd say there's a target for a minimum amount of points for December set out by the coaching staff, I'd imagine, because it's an absolute dickish run. Like, um, So it will all depend whether I'd imagine that with the target they'd set, if they hit that target, then they may not delve into the transfer market because they'll have players coming back in and getting back to full fitness and stuff like that. So depending, in my opinion, that's you know that's that's how I'd set it out. These are the three important games, and then we set ourselves a target because the games in December, Jesus Christ, you couldn't have picked them if you wanted to. Like, um, so I, I, I that that's where I think it'll matter is December, um, with a, a points target they'll probably set. In my opinion. And what um, about the poll hmm. result, Carl? Well, it's isn't it uh, January <laughs> transfer window? Is yeah. the leading poll results. So I'm giving you my opinion as to whether we will go into the fucking window or not. Don't want to be able to change. I'm going to fucking throw you through the next window. I find you. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's my reasoning for um, whether we will or we won't go into the January transfer window. Uh, who we'd go after? Not a balls notion, man. Sure, we could go after that O'Brien lad again for all I know. Like you know, but. 
he's a, he's coming on a free he's a, a free agent at the end of the season anyway, isn't he? So mm. um you know, they might chuck a few quid at Huddersfield and maybe grab him for a bit of cover and hope he can do whatever and I maybe offload Tyler on loan somewhere in January. Just he needs first team football and he needs it in the striker's position. He somewhere needs to be else. The striker. Well, like the thing was, we bought him as a striker and we've played him everywhere but as a striker. And he's not that kind of player. Like he is, you know, it's proven that he can kind of do it when he plays up front against Hull that time in the championship. You know, but he needs time away. He needs January. I don't think we'll sign anyone January. So yeah. for those who are listening um, via the uh, the podcast and stuff like that, uh, Luke's mentioned, I don't think we'll sign anyone. Generally, who can we look at signing? We'll be tempted to go back in for the lad from the Dog Botherers. Um, for those who don't know who the Dog Botherers are, it's who we refer to as Huddersfield. Um, any ideas how he's getting on there? No, because I don't watch that fucking shit Farmers League shite anymore. <laughs> he's doing really well, Smarty. It's just yeah, so a new deal. Well, you're from Huddersfield, are you? You'll know. You've got your fingers no, in many pies around there, haven't I'm you? Not. He's excelling, apparently. Is he? Yeah, they're, they're seventh at Huddersfield at the moment. They've missed a the trick there. Tonight. Yeah, they're just outside the playoff places. I think they've got a game tomorrow night. The, is it, is, is, the thing is, though, is... is it, when I've seen bits of him, like in the summer and stuff, we were looking at targeting him. He looks like uh, a wish kind of version of Forshaw, and that's maybe a little bit harsh. Possibly a little bit harsh. There's, there would no doubt under you know um, under Bielsa and the coaching staff over at Thorpe Arch and that that he would excel and he would be fantastic. But would do we want more of the same of what we've got? You know, I don't want to, you know, mimic Rad's here, but we do have Phillips and Forshaw now. But we yeah. do still have Dallas and Click for them kind of roles. I mean, obviously, you know, the latter obviously play further forward. We need a number 10 that can turn someone inside out and smash them into the top right-hand side. That's what we need. We need someone like that. We need another striker, someone, someone that can cover Rodrigo and, and Bamford when they can't score for coffee. I'm going to throw a couple of names in here. This is just me thinking out loud. First one, John Swift, Reading. Don't know about him. I've heard about him. Yeah. But only recently. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Carl, John Swift. Again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know much about him now, if I'm being honest. Um but anything I've seen, he seems to be doing all right, like. And another another name I want to throw, and we'll come to that that point from, from Bremner's Ghost about December shortly. And this is just me completely thinking out loud. You're looking at Derby County situation. They're probably going to go down this season. They've, I know they beat Bournemouth at the weekend. They're currently on nil, nil I think they're 15 points away from, from safety at the moment in time. Tom Lawrence tears up in the championship. Could be a option. I'd love to sign Tom Lawrence. I would love to sign Tom Lawrence. And the only reason is... So you can fucking grab a black bin liar and start clearing up around Ellen Road. Because fuck that fucking Derby wanker. I'm left the shit out of this. It might have been him who took a shite on um, bloody shower floor. It fucking. might have been. Probably, yeah. Get him cleaning up. Yeah, Get him cutting be. up lemons. Get him rubbing Marcelo's feet. Fuck What's it. that young fella that they've got? The young fella that they have, he's like, what, 18 or 19. He's he's pretty good, that lad. Uh, Louis Sibley. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Would you maybe take a chance on him? He seems uh, fairly likely. Yeah, because I think with the way Derby are going at the moment, obviously they're in administration, they've lost the points. Uh, I think Jason Kirch is looking to complete the deal to, to buy the football club. It's highly likely they're going to be in League One next season, barring a miracle. They win five more games than, than three more teams above them. So you might be able to cherry-pick them. It, it, it's very difficult, January, because if you look back through... Through the years, <laughs> thank you, Brendan. Appreciate that. Uh, January is a very difficult window. I think the ones that I can remember down the years are Mo Barrow, Alfonso Pedrada, that we got. Oh, good God! Pedrada was Wheel Barrow. Wheel Barrow was involved for Villarreal against my Yikes. Right then, a couple of years later, oh, we got Kiko, Kiko Casilla came in. Uh, Kevin uh, came in. John yeah, big Kev. Came in that didn't quite work out. So I know Tyler Roberts obviously came in in January 2018 and said other than sure. So it to me it, it can <laughs> thanks. Yeah, like, that's the one. Uh, it's low cap and fool yeah, for anyone like, listening on the uh, I've, I've uh, I just feel I think we need bodies. I really do. 
However, I think it can just be a notoriously difficult window to get players to join. And it's interesting you said about Newcastle there, Smarty, the players might not want to be involved in relegation battle. If Leeds, and I'm hoping there won't be, at the wrong end of the table, is it easy to entice players to come to the club? Mm. It's a very valid point. Looks like bring Kiko top. back and play him up top, says Mad Adam. Mad Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a striker out of him yet? Yeah, he probably could. Um, it's a very valid point, but I still think, regardless of where our league position is, you've always got the pull of Marcelo Bielsa. You look at, I mean, obviously Bruce is fucked off now, but you look at Steve Bruce and Marcelo, and you just think, mm. you know, it's yeah. um, it, there's definitely some pull. You know, the atmosphere, Elland Road. There's definitely, definitely an, an attractive prospect in Leeds United, um, and to say that you know. I don't really know too much about Newcastle and we're going back to them, but I'm not sure what their injury wars are. I'm not sure how affected their squad is with injuries and stuff, but ours is massively. And I think come come the end of December, hopefully we'll have we'll have picked up a little bit more form. We'll have some players returning. We'll have the cup run to come. You know, there's going to be a lot of games. There's going to be a lot of players playing a lot of minutes, um, you know. Do we want to? I mean, it were, it were one of the uh, poor options, but do we really want to be looking at doing a cup run or do we want to be uh, concentrating on the league? I mean, <laughs> we might not have an option there. We'll probably lose the bloody first game as we always do. But it's still more of an attractive prospect coming to Leeds than going to Newcastle, in my opinion. So, it but yeah, it, it, I, I think I'd probably try, try and look at the European markets because you're probably more likely to pick up a bargain or a better sort of player for your money rather than yeah. going domestically, especially in the lower leagues. Because it's always a gamble. If they're going to be able to step up, you never know. So many questions, not enough answers. But yeah, that's sort of sort of my opinion. Brad's going to start giving yeah. trials to some of these lads coming off at boats in Dover. It seems you say about the FA Cup, Smarty, because Bielsa's never won an FA Cup title. Leagues. He's had three games, lost at QPR, lost at Arsenal, obviously lost last season at Crawley with what I really mismatch of a team. I think, from my perspective, the be on end all is to stay in the Premier League and, and get your millions from the Premier League. Yeah, an FA Cup run may be great, but you don't want to end up being in the Championship winning the FA Cup. You want to stay in the Premier League and probably not winning the FA Cup, but I think mm. that's a discussion for another day. One question I want to ask you, Jay, is how vital is January for what business we do for where we could end up at the end of this season? Oh, I think it's essential that we do something. I, I just... Mm. I think this run has shown that we don't have the depth needed and we are struggling and there's got to be somebody out there that can contribute <clears> that we can afford without breaking whatever system we've got in place, you know. I just I think we've got to do something. I don't think we can afford to sit still. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know what the teams around us will do. Uh, we don't know what injuries will come down the line. We've got a lot of players to come back, but they're also yeah. coming back from long-term injuries now, some of them. And you often see players pick up muscle injuries and stuff when they first come back. So we've got no way of sort of banking on having the whole squad at any point. We have to accept that this could happen again. And we're probably not going to have everyone at the same time. We never do. So I think we have to do something. But obviously, not just anybody for the sake of it. It's got to be somebody that can contribute. That's the difficulty. Someone needs needs to hit the ground running as well. Yeah, Yeah, basically. And it's funny as you said no, no, not 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 like a, an half-digestive biscuit sort of player that's going to need patch up before he's going to be ready. You know, in three or four months, or never, as in Kev's um, sort of situation. But I, I would, I would have the, you know, and, and the proof's been in the pudding, I suppose, on, on numerous occasions where Marcelo won't strengthen his squad during the January transfer window. And I always thought, yeah, why would he? It takes some so it takes players that come on board so long to get up to speed, to get used to the tactics, mm. to blah 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 blah. However, until um, Dan James and he seemed to kind of hit the ground running. I mean, I don't think we've seen the best of Dan James. I think yeah. he's a cracking player, mm. um, and I know I'm probably not alone, but thinking that I know he's getting a lot of probably probably warranted heat that you know. But you know, Harrison's been shit, and he was one of the best players we had last season. So he's yeah. one of them. You're, you're adapting from there. playing Ole ball to, to Marcelo ball. There's got to be some sort of crossover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, it, if it's someone that fits the click, if it's someone that's available, the right player that we think we might be able to, you know, affect the team posit- positively as soon as they're introduced to the team, then yes, otherwise we might as well stick with what we've got. 
Do you think Dan James has played more than he would have due to circumstances? Because I, I don't think he'd have played as much. <laughs> well, it's it, well, it's not like Rafinha has been overly injured, is he? He's only, he hasn't missed that much action. And, and Harrison's been there or thereabouts. So there's always been three really available. Um, and you, you've obviously had uh, Somerville in and around it as well. So he's probably played more than I thought we would have would have seen him. But I think he's done all right. He's absolutely wicked. From what I saw of him on Sunday and, and the previous games as well, I thought he did all right. I think he's getting used to it. I think we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg with him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, speaking like a January transfer window, do you think would he have been the difference if we actually signed him the first time? Because you're saying so. there to hit the ground. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. At uh, championship level, I think absolutely. Yeah. 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 He yeah. destroys so teams in championship. Yeah. Someone with that pace in our system in the championship would have been lethal. Yeah. But I then we did say the same about Costa, so <laughs> he had a full summer to get used to it and he still yeah. didn't. I think if you look back at January 2019, obviously with the the oh so near of Dan James, I honestly believe that he signed the. I think we'd have won the league. I think we'd have gone up automatically. I don't think we'd have had the blip over sort of March, end of March, losing Sheffield United, then losing home to Wigan, ten man Wigan, and then losing to Brentford, and I think we'd have had a bit more. Uh, <laughs> I can't read that my brother's ghost uh, would add a bit more about us but I, th- I think just a point on Dan James as, as Luke rightly says there I think he is, he's starting to find his feet I think it's always going to be difficult coming from uh, Man United where obviously we've seen the problems that's happened with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to a completely different way of training under Marcelo we all know about murder ball and Bielsa ball on a Wednesday, that it's, it's a different way of method as well. So I think he's starting to find his feet. He's also had a newborn. Uh, he flew, I think, what down to Craven Cottage <clears> for the League Cup tie. So I think he's starting yeah. to find his feet. And if Jack Harrison can do can get back to Compton, we know Jack can do. I think we're going to have some players on our hands there, Smarty. I think we can start climbing yeah. this table. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. I think so much- as well. I think that's why it, it, it's. Gone. It's nothing really to worry about at the moment. Mm. Like I, I understand people like you. There is some cause for concern, but not to mm. the extent that you see some people talking online. And you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I just think, just chill till after Christmas. If the shit's going to hit the fan, it'll hit it after Christmas. Yeah. See where we are then. You know. Do you so, think, Kyle? Then the transfer window in January, will that depend on if players are coming back to full fitness or do you think that we'll have a list there with Victor and Marcelo to, to try and get one or two in, in January? Well, we know Marcelo doesn't like spending money and it was evident in his press conference after the Tottenham game when he was asked about the January transfer window, you know. And um, I think my personal opinion is that if, you know, they're going to do anything and they, they get if we get the players back that they want and... They, they'll, they'll. I think they'll set a target of. Obviously, they go out and they say we we feel we can win every game. <clears throat> Be realistic behind closed doors and set yourself a target, and and do it that way, and then see where we're at. We'll have like how many players we'll have back. You know, by the end of the month, coming into to Christmas, we'll have Bamford, we'll have Cock, definitely have Raf, I'd imagine, and and yeah. we'd have Rodrigo back, depending on how serious that. That's four key players there. Ailing, we don't know because it's still a bit. You know. Doesn't like spending money, Dab James. Fair point. Twenty-five million. Well, I, I do see your point. I do see your point. Yeah, that that was more of a I I fucking want that player now because I yeah. missed out the first time. You know, that was a more that kind of I'd I'd say spend rather than you know stupid money anyway. Everyone's allowed a little bit of luxury every now and again, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. they are. Of course. And they are. and that was, and that were uh, Dan James is the glint in Marcelo's eye, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. How, how scared do you think Victor is when he fails to get a player that Bales has asked him for? <laughs> I reckon he, <laughs> eats his, he, tell him. he eats his lunch in the toilets. <laughs> Marcelo comes in and starts knocking the fuck out of him. <laughs> Give me your lunch money. I, I just want to go around you to finish off the discussion with, with January. One player or one position that you'd like to see improved? I'll start with you, Smarty. That the, if they could go out and get one player in a position, what position would you like to see? It'd have to be a number 10. Yeah. It'd have to be for me. Carl? I, 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 without sounding boring or anything, I think the same because for the first time in years, we're absolutely flush with wingers and flush mm. with centre backs. 
Um, so I think the one place we need it is the creative bit, which would be the tent, Mike. Same for you, Jay? Yeah, it's a clean sweep. I can't argue uh, with that. I don't, the, I don't the, think the, we're lacking as much in any other position. The, the, there is a player in Spain, I can't remember his name, Pablo, someone that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that Escobar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we can't talk about him. But oh. is that the kind of player that we're after, a kind of a magician on the ball that can kind of make things happen? Is that thing that's where we're lacking at the moment? I was going to go further when I said about a centre-attacking midfield or a number 10. I was going to say someone like Pablo Hernandez, someone who can yeah. lock defences with a simple ball, someone who's got a really, really good vision, who can read the game as, as well uh, as Calvin Phillips, but from more of an attacking you know, perspective. Can we have Pablo Hernandez back? But, you know, yeah. 10 years younger, please. You know, yeah. Yeah. Where's he, he's, on my, he's on my Santa list. Um, yeah. Sammy say he's another one. He'd have been uh, great in this team. Never quite. He was great. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. You know, for the first six or seven long. games. No, yeah. did he, he played a few games under him. They were lightning. They were absolutely fantastic going forward. Yeah. They were unreal. The, I remember one game at Sheffield Wednesday when Clip scored the goal from... Uh, Probably just outside the penalty area, so I got a massive yeah. hand in that and thought it was one of the best games under Bielsa, but probably mm. another it didn't didn't work out. One last question on this before we move on to Brighton, uh, and I'll go around the room again. Do you think we will uh, buy anyone in, in January? Start with you, Smarty. No. Carl? I don't think so. And Jay? Yes. You do? I do. I, I'm going to go with, go with right. Jay. Because I think a lot depends, obviously, on those horrible four fixtures we've got coming back, win them all for all we know. Uh, were those four fixtures Calvin, yeah, Calvin, your boy. Is that Tony's son? I'm, I'm guessing. No idea. Gonna have to <laughs> that will be so it's a very rare name. I, I just feel that on depending where we are on that league table come January the 1st, I still believe Victor will have his list of players to go out and, and, and try and improve the squad. You're always looking to to improve whether it's a loan deal, I don't know, or whether it's a permanent deal for a contract. But obviously, Victor's been locked in his office for last month playing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think January is vital, not just for Leeds, but for all clubs. But uh, thank you for that. That's a really intriguing discussion on January. We'll have more poll options uh, on the Auto Knows Better Twitter accounts uh, next week. So keep an eye out for them uh, next Tuesday and keep voting as well. So uh, we do move you already smart. I'll, I'll sort of come to, to Jay first with with Saturday's game. It's it's another trip to a place we don't have a great record at at Brighton. It's sort of the Ben White Derby. Obviously, now obviously they uh, had a brilliant season at Leeds and uh, now down at uh, the Emirates at Arsenal. How key is this game for us on on Saturday tea time, Jay? Well, I think it'll start with both teams laying a reef for Ben White in the centre circle. Um, in a minute <laughs> silence. Black armbands will be on. And, uh, yeah, once that gets out of the way, we can get to serious business. And I'm hoping that we're going to beat them. Um, the form's dropped a little recently, hasn't yeah. it, I think, and uh, after a good start. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want this to come back and bite me, but Potter's hardly a genius, is he? So... <laughs> Honest to so, God, Jay, man, you're the Phil Hay of this fucking podcast. <laughs> so hopefully, Marcelo will outsmart him and uh, we'll get that long overdue win. I think it's it's a team that we could beat. I think they should be on our radar and I think we need to sort of give it us all in this next sort of three games because I think we need six points out of the next nine. Hmm. Just want to obviously thank our sponsors, Three Retro, who yet again doing superb work for us always on on the pod. Just sort of looking at the results, Carl. That I don't think they've won in in seven games, eight games. They beat Brentford back in September one nil, and then they beat Leicester two uh, one in the Premier League. They're not won since then, mm-hmm. and I've seen the beats ones in the League Cup. Drew at Brighton, drew to Arsenal, drew away at Norwich. Got hammered by Man City, drew at Leicester again. Drew, got an impressive result against Liverpool. And then uh, drew against the Newcastle at home and lost at Villa away. Can Leeds kind of play on that that they've they've not won in, in seven games, or is it a bit more of a dangerous opponent? Do you reckon? I think they're they're always going to be a bit of a bogey team for us. It's like when mm-hmm. I was watching Leeds in the nineties. Our bogey team was always Norwich. Yeah, for me before we relegated them, obviously. <clears throat> um, yeah. But 
they, they were always the team that I dreaded us going to Carroll. I, I always dreaded going to Carroll Road as uh, you know a Leeds fan because it was like it was just so dodgy. And I think Brighton at the moment they're like that for us. They're just that team that we just need that win down there just to kick start a run of wins down there. You know that kind of way. And I think the like the the if we nullify Trossard, yeah. I think we, like, if Calvin can do to Trossard what he did to Kane in the first half on Sunday, I think this is probably a great chance because he's like they they they've not really started, they've not really been using uh, Mope, is it Mope? No, right. <laughs> Moonpie, Moonpie, Moonpie. Um, yeah, they've they've not really been using him a lot. Like so, like they they've put a lot. Like when you see a lot of stuff going forward for them it's like he's taking it up in the midfield and then deciding where it's going and and then he's plowing on receiving balls back again i think he's he's kind of the player that we just need to kind of to look at and and just maybe keep an eye on because that's like without being their creative flair he always seems to be their creative flair like Mm-hmm. I'll come to you, Smarty, just sort of looking at the, the Brighton 11 that started against Villa last week. Alexis McAllister, I think, is a very good player. He's left on the bench. Also, they've got Adam Lallana in there. They've got Trossard in there. They've got Murder and Yves Basuma, Pascal Gross. Uh, how important is it that Leeds get off to a good start on, on Saturday? We did that against Tottenham, didn't we, when we lost the game 2-1. But how important is it they get off to a good start and then build on that? Because it's very rare that we score more than one goal away from home, apart from sorry, the Norwich game. This is the only time we've done it this season. It's massive, really, for us, isn't it? I'd say it's imperative that we win. Yeah. Maybe that's, you know, slightly been a bit, you know, overboard. But I think I've always thought that we play better when we're, we soak up a lot of pressure in the, in the uh, first 20, 15, 20 minutes. Um, yeah. And then kind of get a feel for how the, the opposition are playing and stuff like that. We haven't really seen a lot of that this year. We've been we've obviously been very hit and miss. And you, you look at the game against Tottenham, and we were bang at it from from you know from literally from the first whistle. I would probably like to see Brighton attack us initially in the first 10-15. soak up a little bit of pressure, kind of get them on the back foot a little bit, and then try and, and, and do something with the ball and try and try and play some aggressive fast football. Um, a tiki taka or whatever you want to call it. I don't really, I don't really. Marcelo Ball will do. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think I think it's it's imperative that we're putting a good performance. Um, just for the confidence of the lads. Um, I think that we need to really. It's one of them, isn't it? Yes, we do need to win. We do need yeah. to start winning. We need to start getting some points on the board because, like I said, that 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 we're we're well into the second third of the season now. The honeymoon period's over. It, we, we were past the point, right? Oh, well, yeah, well, we didn't win then. And, oh, it'll come, lads. It'll be this and the other. Yeah, I get that. But against teams like Brian, against teams like Palace, against teams like Brentford, we need to be getting some points. Because if we don't, when the, when the lads, I mean, the lads will be looking at that table and thinking, fucking hell, we can't even beat Brighton. It will be having an adverse effect on them mentally. Of course it will do. Yeah. Um, so so we, need to, we need to put in a decent performance against them. Absolutely. I'll, I'll go around the room again, and it's usually that time. I'm sure someone will note down. We'll start with predictions. We'll start with you, Carl. Uh, predictions for the 5 kick kickoff between Brighton and Harbin and Leeds United. You'll get shit off. I'll write it down. <laughs> you write it down. It'll be whatever anyone else gives me, man, I think. It's the... <laughs> I'm writing Carl as 2-1 to Leeds. <laughs> well, that's, that's clearly what I'm going with, Stats. Hopefully we'll have some news. Uh, The press conference, I think, is on uh, Thursday at 1pm. Obviously, this is going out live today on on Tuesday evening. So hopefully we'll have some positive news. It might be too soon for Bamford, I'd imagine. But hopefully we'll we'll see the likes of Rafinha and possibly Rigo back in the the starting 11 uh, on uh, on Saturday tea time. What are you going to say, Matt? I was just going to say uh, about the Bamford thing there. Like they're only showing us on the pitch today. Like he he could be on the pitch for the last week and a half for all we know. Like yeah, that's, that's very true. true. You know, that's yeah. True. So he could be, you know. But anyway, sorry, Jay, go on. They said they, they showed the same sort of video for Cock last week, and he's nowhere near starting eleven though, is he? Or even uh, match day squad. So yeah, yeah, but he's been out a lot. I don't want to piss on your chips, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, well, um, I, I think uh, I'm going for a resounding 3 0 victory for Leeds. Ooh. Fucking hell, Jade. I'm not We're sure. We're coming out fighting. Positivity, positivity, I like it. That's right. And I am going to go for a victory for Leeds. I, I think they're going to end the nightmare at the Amex. And I think they'll win 2 0. I just fa- I fancy us. I don't know why. I just fancy us on. On Saturday tea time, it'll be a game where the season really clicks into gear, and I think the performances are coming. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. Luke's gone 2 1 there, Smarty. Yeah, I've got it down. Um, I'm going to do. (laughs) Oh, Luke, brilliant, brilliant. 4 2 leads. Oh. Oh, We've got a fans prediction, I think, from Bremner's Ghost. Bremner's Ghost here, Chip Steel as well. Leeds two. That's it. Sweet. That's the fans' wow. prediction. So it's clean sweet. Right. I tell you what, Bremner's ghost quick off the mark there. We usually have to mention it, but he's like, fuck that, I'm getting in here. That's <laughs> it. How much, is he, being, how much is he being paid to comment all this sort of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who's keeping track of it? Like? Is he on books? I've got it all down. You know what I mean? The last time <laughs> we actually faced Brighton towards the back of November away at Brighton, we actually won 3-0. Uh, which was back in 2009. Jermaine Beckford, Robert Snodgrass and Neil Kenny got the goals on the pouring... Jesus Christ. ...the old Wigdean Stadium back then. So, hopefully that's a little omen. But, yeah, hopefully we can, uh, we won't repeat that. Uh, <laughs> uh, here. Uh, so, uh, Not as bad as my Chelsea comment last week. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we're all uh, we're singing from the same hymn sheet and we, we get three points and hopefully when we look back I know we've got Crystal Palace which was on the box uh, we've got Crystal Palace as well to come on on Tuesday now and hopefully by the time uh, obviously we all come together again we're, we're high up on the table and yeah it's a game in my opinion Leeds do have to win and hopefully they'll get the three points and things look a lot brighter uh, on uh, sort of Saturday evening as I sit down and watch Strictly Come Dancing so oh, there you go yes. that's uh, a I Come on, man. That's a there totally different podcast, man. There you go. <laughs> I know anyway. it's been a hard season, but you don't have to resort to that. <laughs> I digress. I digress. We've got a few things just want to sort of touch on uh, yeah. in the last 10 minutes or so. This coming Saturday is the 10th anniversary of the sad passing of the title winner, Gary Speed. At the the young age of forty two, uh, I, I just wanted to ask you. I know we said off air you, you don't remember too much about him, but sort of your memories of that that day when it, it came through on the news. Uh, he, he tried to. Oh, we've lost him. Someone's paused stats. We're doing so well there, weren't we? Oh, we, we, are you back? You're I'm back at quite a papa there. I think the internet just decided to... Uh, yeah, feed your gerbil. Your broadband's yeah, yeah. dying. That's some gerbils in it. It's <laughs> collapsed in his hamster wheel. It's something like that. But, yeah, as I was saying, it's sort of 10 years this Saturday since the sad passing of Gary Speed. And uh, I think it hit everybody like a truck uh, that uh, Sunday lunchtime when the news came through on, on, on TV, on the sky and what have you. What are sort of your memories of that day 10 years on, Smarty? It's funny when when people talk about it and stuff like that. You kind of get that similar sort of like stomach churning, like your whole body is just dropped yeah. sort of feeling. Yeah. Um, we had a quick talk about it in here, and I liken it to the fact that you know we've lost quite a lot of people, um, you know, due to mental health and, and and another other you know instances and stuff like that. But it just because it was just someone so close to home and it meant so much to so many people. Um, it was just, I think I was kind of shocked. I don't really remember, apart from a couple of celebrities, maybe on the lines of, and I'm digressing slightly, Steve Irwin, you know, and and, um, Alan Rickman were a big shot for me. Robin Williams, that that sort of, it was like, holy fucking shit, you know. I remember when the 9-11 attacks were happening, it was like a stop you in your tracks sort of thing, holy fuck, what's going on? I remember when when I found out about Gary, you know, passing on. It was just, it was just shocking, and it was horrible, you know. Yeah. And you think about how many people it's affected, and 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 also what what he must have been going through, you know, to have to do that sort of thing. It, it would just, like I say, it, it it makes me feel like someone's washing up in my stomach. That's 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 the that's the closest I can probably give to as an answer. It, it, yeah. it were it were a very very sad day. Yeah, same with you, Carl. Yeah, um, like, 
you don't ever expect like your your heroes to kind of. I remember where I was with that too, Luke. Yeah. Um, you don't ever expect your heroes to kind of go that young, you know. No. But like I, I grew up watching them like when I started supporting Leeds, like, and it was just. Obviously, he went on to other clubs and stuff like that, but it was just—it was horrible, man. He was—he was always—he was always Leeds. Like he won the title with us. He was, you know, he was there. Like he was always there, and he was—I don't know. It was just—it was—it was terrible watching it back home because, like, uh, uh, unlike a lot of people, like if you lived in Leeds, you could go down to Ellen Road and pay your respects. And we were just watching it back home, and me and my mate, and well. Barry and, and, and Jimmy, we were just watching it on Sky News most today. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just horrible. Like, just, it, I don't know. Yeah. And then they're like Eddie Gray gets brought out for absolutely everybody. Oh, like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That must be killing him now at this yeah. stage. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, it was very sad. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's why we need to wrap up the lives of Howard Wilkinson in Cornwall. Uh, yeah, Eddie Gray more than anyone really. Gray, give them statues or something now before yeah. anything mm. fucking happens. Like I, I think I mean, I've seen yeah, a lot definitely. of calls with, with Howard Wilkinson to sort of name Thorpe Arch after him for what he did to sort of have that complex bill because it was his idea uh, mm. to have that bill and obviously the, the last uh, English manager to win the first division title as well, which will go down in history. Uh, yeah. Of course, City, Liverpool, or Chelsea will win it this season. So. What, what are your sort of memories of, of Gary Speed, Jay? To be honest, quite vague for me because as we were talking about off air, like I, I didn't watch a lot of football in the early 90s because my mum oh, yeah. just hated sport and uh, I never got to watch anything like that. My dad's a rugby He's from Huddersfield, remember? He didn't have a colour TV. I don't know. He only started watching oh, when Oh, well, I mean, I grew up in Leeds because that's where I'm from, like, but let's not let facts get away, Smart. <laughs> you know, just because you had a projector and stuff like that in your, like, mansion, you know, your, your room <laughs> were bigger than most people's houses where I grew up, that kind of thing. I don't have the box. But, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, my, my memories are vague. I just, I just remember him as a Leeds legend. Um, yeah. I have vague memories, bits of games that I watched early on when I started following Leeds, you know. Um, and he was just one of them people that everybody rated highly. Nobody ever said anything bad about him as a person. Like, I've never heard a bad word said about him as a person, even now. And it's just, it was just shocking. It was just yeah. one of them things that was just so out of the blue. Like, if you could have guessed at anything happening, yeah, it would never have been that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. the fact that it's not just the fact that he died, it's the fact that why he died, do you know what I mean? And that's the worst part, and that's why it feels like such a waste. And mm. it just yeah. shows you that if you don't let stuff out and you don't yeah. talk to people, people don't know what's going on, so they can't help. You might not want to talk to people sometimes, that's fair enough, but you can't hold stuff down yeah. forever on your own. You just can't. And I think that's Gary Speed shows us that. From my perspective, uh, I've obviously battled with my own demons and coming onto here, onto the podcast, coming into the group has, has helped me mm. uh, enormously. And I think from, from my perspective, it's vital that people do talk and seek out because you're never on your own. And uh, Andy's Man's Club is, is a brilliant institution that has been set up all around the country through Luke Campbell, former Halifax Rugby League player. And mm. so many people are going through that as well. So from, from my perspective, I think it's 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 vital to, if you are having any mental problems, just talk to somebody. It might be the smallest thing. It might be the largest thing. Open up and it might save your life at the end of the day. And yeah, I think for me, I just remember sitting on my bed and I was doing some writing on my laptop and one of my mates popped up on Facebook saying, rest in peace, Gary Speed. And I'm thinking, he was on Football Focus literally 24 hours previous. I'm thinking, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Geez, I know Gary yeah, he'd just been on the TV. Just, and I remember I jumped in a taxi and I laid some flowers down on the Bremner statue literally within half an hour of hearing the news. And it didn't really sink in. And I think even now it's probably not sunk in. And I think it'll be all in his thoughts on, on Saturday tea time, especially in Bryn Law's thoughts, because Bryn and Gary were, sorry to do, when you're just talking about Bryn Law I think that's one of the hardest things to watch you know when, yeah. when you see him yeah. physically break down when he's talking about Gary and, and see what he meant to so many people and stuff like that you know it, yeah. it's heartbreaking isn't it? it's, it's horrible I do find that quite a difficult watch you can see yeah. just how much 
how much emotion like you know yeah. it, it wasn't just him being interviewed he was reporting on yeah, his, yeah. his best one of his best friends yeah. having yeah. happened the way it happened and like that I, I I'm surprised he even he even did it like to be fair that, yeah. that took a lot of took a lot of guts to do that yeah. man, because you saw the result of, of of what happened at the end it, it, it was just very difficult with TV yeah. watching like you know what yeah. I mean you're right smart it wasn't it wasn't it, it yeah that's the one part of it as well because he's just standing at beside Bremner's statue and he absolutely the, the, yeah. the poor fella like you know but yeah I think the final word will say, and I know there's going to be a lot more tributes leading up to the weekend. The midfield we had Speed, Batty, McAllister, Strachan that won us yeah. the league uh, in in 1992. Fantastic midfield, and I don't think that'll ever be replicated. And I'm sure all of our thoughts go out to the family of, of Gary Speed, his late wife, his wife. Should I say not his late wife, his, his wife uh, as well, and all the family. So I'm sure they'll be in his thoughts on uh, on Sunday, uh, on Saturday lunchtime, and Saturday tea time when he's do kick off, and hopefully they can absolutely get the right result. Just sort of up, uplifting it a little bit. There's been something in the news today that I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, a leg, Rhinos legend, uh, Kevin Sinfield, has, has what run 101 miles from uh, Welford Road, Leicester, is his new club, uh, to Leeds Rhinos in support of uh, Rob Burrow and MND. Jesus and, Christ. And smart. I, I, I can barely run a mile. What Kevin Sinfield <laughs> is, he's absolutely amazing. We, we won't get into me running after football of the way. It's <laughs> walking fast. <laughs> Not even that. Uh, yeah, no, he, uh, I think the idea of the 101 miles was just the one mile was to go that extra mile for for his mate, I think, was the reason yeah. for the 101 miles. Mm-hmm. And uh, what? But you've got to admire him. Like, it's, yeah. That's an absolutely fantastic achievement. Something over like a million quid he's, he's raised between yeah, yeah. the yeah. seven what, marathons and seven days. What an He's already got an OBEs, Kevin Simfield. I don't think he'll be far away from all he touches. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think he'll need to uh, put his feet up for a year. I'm hoping he might get a, a sir in the New Year's Germany. I didn't do that many U turns. <laughs> oh, there was no rugby tackles either, so you were saying. Very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, I just want to finish off tonight's pod. Uh, coming to Carl, I do you believe you've got a bit of a competition for us? Yeah, um, like we mentioned there last week, uh, there was uh, the potential for to enter a good competition. So we've uh, got a signed shirt off the king of the shit houses, uh, Matthias Click. Uh, so we'll be uh, putting details on the pod. Uh, towards the end of the week, as to the charitable foundations that it's uh, the money being raised is going to, um, it'll be a, an entry for a raffle, and then we will pick someone uh, someone's name out live on the pod uh, towards the end of the Christmas. Uh, there was no anyway. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye out on the uh, Art No Better Pod page on Twitter um, for details and how to enter and. Um, it's for two good causes, which will be released on the, the tweet as well. So just uh, think Christmas time and being nice and stuff. <laughs> it's not Christmas time, it's Clitchmas time. Clitchmas time. That's right. And on, on, the, on the Christmas now, I'm just going to show you my new mate. Oh, oh brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's still November, so let's put the decorations away just yet, Dave. Yeah, there's none of that. It's a present. It's a present. Don't be so miserable, Cal. (laughs) (laughs) So miserable there. All right, okay, put it up somewhere then. Go Screw. <laughs> right, I think that's just a wrap. Thank you so much for looking after me and my presenting debut tonight. Thank you to Smarty for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you to Carl. Cheers. And thank you to Jay. No problem. And I think we'll be back, I think, I'm guessing next Wednesday, because we've got Crystal Palace uh, at a o'clock time at quarter past eight kickoff uh, next Tuesday night after Brighton. So thank you all for watching. I hope you all enjoyed the show. And uh, we'll see you very, very soon. Thank you. Take care. Have 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to another Auto Better podcast, the Independent Leeds United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at AutonoBetter with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi and Coke Aftermatch podcasts. With three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.